Forgiveness. It's a tough one because we all deal with it. Did you know that even as Christians, we still deal with forgiveness and how to forgive? You know, sometimes when we talk about the word forgiveness, we always think of the other person. And we think, well, if they didn't do this, or if they did this, or if they were the ones, then I'd offer forgiveness. Well, forgiveness is more than just the word itself or what it seems like. Forgiveness has more to do with what God is trying to do than what we see right in front of us. We're continuing in our series that people matter to God. Because people are what God is all about. Sure, the world is going to crumble and, and, and go through ups and downs. It's going to have its flaws. But God's main concern is people. And this morning, as we talk about forgiveness, sometimes we feel so dirty and evil, or sometimes we think we cannot stand before a holy God. Sometimes we think in that way, well, if I come to church, then what if the church burns down? Or, or what if something goes wrong? What if the pastor points me out? What if I see people that I know what are they going to think? And we have all of these thoughts about coming to God. And maybe we think to ourselves, well, why do we need to go to church? Why can't we just have our own church? Why can't, we, uh, why can't Beach be the church? Why can't, why can't uh, uh, I stay at home and, and just do church at home? Because God is everywhere, isn't he? You see, God is always about people. Church is not an isolated event. Church is something God called us to be. We're the called out ones. And it has to do with people. Because people matter to God. This morning, we're going to learn how important it is to understand God's forgiveness for us. And how forgiveness sets me free. See, we often think of forgiveness as something that happens as a result of God's love for me. And... And it's true that God forgives us, but it's on us to make that connection. It's our responsibility. Now, what happens if I don't ask for God's forgiveness? Will I, st will I still be forgiven? If I never come to God and, and, and make it right, am I still forgiven? Well, again, it comes back to the choices that we make. It reminds me of these two little kids... Kekoa and Nalani, and they're in the pasture of the backyard, and they're playing in the pasture, and they're just throwing rocks at, you know, birds that are flying by just to scare the birds. Well, on one of the throws, Kekoa accidentally hits one of his papa's billy goats and actually dies. It's just a young kid. And that's, that's papa's favorite billy goat. And here comes Nalani. Halaka, I saw you hit the billy goat. No, you didn't. Uh-huh, I saw you. You hit it with the rock and now it's dead. That's Papa's favorite billy goat. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know, but you're in big trouble. No, I'm not. Uh-huh, I'm going to tell Papa. No, no, no. Don't tell Papa. Please, 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 please. Don't tell Papa. Uh-huh, I'm going to tell Papa. I'll do anything. Really? Anything? I'll do anything. Okay. So whatever I tell you to do, you need to do. Kikoa said, okay, so long as you don't tell Papa. Well, that night, they're eating dinner, and because it was Nalani's turn to clean the dinner table, Grandma said, okay, Nalani, time to keep clean up. And Nalani said, okay, oh, no, no, Mom. Ah, Kikoa wants to clean up tonight. Don't you, Kikoa? 
He says, no, it's your turn. Man. Okay, yeah. Oh, Grandma, I would love to clean up, Grandma. It's, a, it's my favorite part of the night. And Kekoa cleaned up. And, and Grandma said, oh, this is such a good boy. Then they cleaned up, wiped everything down. Then it was time for dessert. Nalani, come and help Grandma. We're going to make dessert for everyone. He says, okay. Oh, no, Grandma, Kekoa wanted to get everything ready. Kekoa said, no, I already washed the dishes. Man. Okay. Oh, gr- oh Grandma. Oh, grandma, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you, Grandma. I-, I love dessert. It's the favorite time of the night. So Kekoa helps Grandma. Well, as time went on, day after day, Kekoa became Nalani's slave. And every time Kekoa chose not to do something that Nalani wanted him to, she would just say, man, and he would move. Well, after so many days went by, Kekoa got frustrated. Finally, he went to Papa and he said, Papa, Papa, I got to tell you something. He said, what's the matter? He said, when we was in the pasture the other day, I was throwing rocks at the birds and just to, just to scare them in. I hit your goat and the goat is dead, Papa. Your baby little goat is dead. I'm so sorry, Papa. And Papa said, it's okay. It's okay. Papa saw. You did? (laughs) Yes, Papa saw. And I knew it was an accident. You're fine. Why didn't I ever say nothing for? Why didn't tell me? And Papa said, the moment that happened, I already forgave you. I was just waiting to see how long you would let Lalani control you. (laughs) And that's how it is with God. God knows every single thing we do. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. You see, the moment we do something wrong in God's sight or a sin or disobedience to God, he's already ready to forgive us. He's ready. He's just waiting for us. And tell me God's heart is not broken when we allow the enemy to control our every move. See, this morning we can all learn about God's forgiveness and how he offers it freely to us because it it frees us to be all we can be in the sight of God. See, when we, when we come before God in humility and we come before God and we say to God, Lord, I receive this forgiveness that you offered to me, it connects us back to the heart of God. Humility is something that the world is not used to. We're not used to saying I'm sorry. It's like something we have to conjure up or build courage for. Because even as little kids, don't we have to force our kids to say I'm sorry? We have to force them. Say you're sorry. I don't want to. Say you're sorry or you're going to get spankings. Sorry. It's like wrong heart, but we're trying to teach them how to say I'm sorry. Or how to give forgiveness or say forgive me. See, forgiveness is not the easiest thing to deal with. Because it has to do with our emotions, our thought process, and even our very own soul. That's why humility is required when it comes to forgiveness. If you're taking notes, you can write in your first point to humble myself before the Lord. Because it's when we humble ourselves before the Lord that now 
Now God's forgiveness connects with us and us with Him. His forgiveness, which is always ready, is now given to us. It takes humility to approach the Lord. That's why for many of us, including myself, it was difficult for me to even attend church. I just thought of all these weird things that were going to happen, and I thought, I, there's no way possible I can step into church. God's not going to accept me as I am. But the Bible says He forgives me. Jesus gives a story. And Jesus gives a story about forgiveness and how to approach God and the kind of heart that is required when we approach God. The kind of heart that is required so that we can approach God in humility. And it's in your notes in Luke chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. Jesus says this. He says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, which is a religious leader whom Jesus called that they, they, they knew the things of God but didn't follow the ways of God. One was a Pharisee and the other was a dishonest tax collector. Well, the proud Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. He said, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, especially like that tax collector over there. In other words, what he's saying is that guy is no good. He's scum. He is deceiving. He is no good. He is a thief. That person is a liar. I'm so glad I'm not like him. And that's his prayer. And he continues, for I never cheat. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. I even fast twice a week. And I give you a tenth of my income. So he's a tither. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow. And here's his prayer. Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. And Jesus says this, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For the proud will be humbled, but the humble will be honored. You know what humility is? You know what Christ is talking about in, in humbling ourselves before God? Really what he's saying is to put ourselves in a lower standard. Not to demean ourselves, not to put ourselves down, not to feel like a rejected person, but to be level when we come to God. That we're not above anybody else, but we're saying, Lord, I need your forgiveness. He's saying, don't compare yourselves to other people in order to humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. And then he says, then you will be honored or you will be exalted or I will lift you up on high or I will raise you to dignity. You know what he's saying? Forgiveness takes, unforgiveness takes away your self-worth. Especially when we feel unforgiven by God. He says, no, no, no. I will raise you up. I will give back your worth. When you feel unworthy, you've forgotten how much I've forgiven you. See, he restores my dignity. I remember I, 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 I took some money from my older brother when we were younger, and he found out. And I thought, oh, great, he's going you know, to give me dirty lickings, and then he's going to tell my mom I'm going to be grounded. Well, they brought us all to, you know, my mom brought us together, and then we reconciled, and, and uh, I said, I'm sorry I took your money, you know, don't leave it on the counter, you know, as a younger brother would, blame him. And, and then I had to say, I'm sorry. And then he said, you're fine, you're fine. 
apology accepted. But right after that, it's like we became each other's best friends. You know, like when something is, is, is clean, like when forgiven has been made and someone asks for forgiveness and, and that, that, that relationship is restored, it's kind of like there's freedom there. And that relationship becomes stronger and stronger. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for this relationship with us and forgiveness is a part of it because we hesitate coming before God because we think He won't forgive us. And if we can do that with each other and be restored, how much more with our Heavenly Father who waits for us. In fact, the Bible does say that in 1 Peter 5, 5 that God resists the proud, but He gives what? Grace to the humble. He gives us grace. And although God's forgiveness is available, it is up to me to receive it. It's up to me. It's a choice that I make. You can write in your second point, receive God's forgiveness. Now you might think, well, I've done that already. I've received God's forgiveness. I've done that already. That's why I come to church. That's why I believe I'm saved. That's why I, I love Christ. I've been forgiven. But did you know as time goes on, we as Christians, even Christians, can harbor bitterness and even unforgiveness towards other people. And you might think you don't. Let me paint a picture for you. Let's just say you have a really good friend or somebody in your family or maybe even your spouse. But somebody does something against them. Maybe treats them bad, says a hurtful word. And this person is hurt, and then they come to you, and, you, and then they come to you, and they say, "Oh, you know so and so. You know what they said? You know what they did? Oh my goodness, I can't stand them anymore. Really, they did that to you? I wouldn't have known. They're not that kind of person. Oh no, you don't know them. This guy is evil. This person is evil. You don't know them. Yeah, you think they're you think they're angelic, but they're not. And so now you kind of carry this on with you. And so now when you see that person, you look at them, you think, "Oh yeah, that person is like that. They're kind of evil." And so now you have this bitterness with that person when that bitterness was between these two people. And then these two people reconcile. And they don't say anything to you. And you still hang on to that. And now they're fine. They're best buddies. They're friends. And now you're thinking, what in the world is happening? Hey, I thought you weren't talking to so-and-so. Oh, no. Last year, we, f- we forgave each other. Last year? Did you know all this time I was going through all of this since last year? You see, the grace that God gives to us is for those who have unforgiveness with each each other. It's not given in a third party because we take that on ourselves, an offense or a hurtful word that was said to someone else. That grace is given to those who are in humility come before God. That's where God imparts his grace. But even as Christians, we can hold bitterness against other people because of other people. Can you see the connection? That God's forgiveness, although maybe with those other people and everything's fine, we're still imprisoned by what has taken place. Well, how do we get that right? How do we, how do we get that out of us? Well, Psalm 86, verse 5, it says, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you, all those who summon you, all those who invite you. So if you have like bitterness or unforgiveness because of other people, 
Then just go back to God and say, God, you know, I took on an offense from someone else and that doesn't belong to me. And I release that to you. Can you help me with this? Because now you're not trying to receive forgiveness towards the other person. You're just trying to receive forgiveness for what we've done against God because we've harbored something. And he'll take care of that. And even if their relationship is not good, now your heart is guarded against anything that takes place. Now you're able to bring this person closer to the Lord rather than more in-depth or deeper into gossip or slander or revenge. Now we're able to talk to them about the forgiveness that God offers and the forgiveness that we give to other people. And even asking for forgiveness. That's one of the most difficult things. But God is ready to forgive. You know, in the morning, they have these uh, uh, radio shows and they have like um, contests and they'll say, you know, uh, if you answer this question, then you can, you can win this prize. Well, I, I called in one morning and I won the prize. And I forget what the question was and the answer, but I won the prize. And that was like two years ago. And I forget what I won. But I never picked it up. And they probably gave it away to somebody else and it's gone. Or maybe they still have it there and it has my name on it. And it's collecting dust. I don't know. But I never picked it up. Many times, there's unforgiveness inside of us, even towards God, where we are angry at God. And God says, you already won the prize. It's waiting for you. All you have to do is come and pick it up. Don't let it collect dust. You see, we'll go through emotions even with God. We'll be angry at God. We'll be angry with people. But he says, I'm ready to forgive. I'm ready to set you free. See, calling the Lord in the area of forgiveness is one invitation he will never turn down. He will never turn us down. And even though we may ask for God's forgiveness, for some reason, we still think he may not forgive us. Or we still remember. And we think, well, maybe God won't forgive me. Because we hang on to it. It's like this priest who had this one sin that no one knew of. But there was this one woman in his, in his congregation that, that was very close to God. And, and she was said to have seen visions and was able to talk to people about what she saw and what God was saying. But this priest was skeptical and he said, he said well, you know, I'm going to test her. Because I, only I know about my secret sin. I've asked God for forgiveness, but he still had no peace. But he wanted to see if she knew and if she was real. So he went to her and he said, oh, can you do something for me? I understand you, you see visions and, and you, can, you can clarify certain things. And she says, well, yeah, I have that gift. And he said, well, I, have a, I, I did something in my past and I've asked God for forgiveness. But um, I was wondering if you would you'd pray and ask God what that secret sin was. And she said, okay. Well, she did, and she came back, and he said, so, did you pray? And she goes, mm-hmm. He said, did God answer you? Mm-hmm. Really? Now he's getting nervous. He says, well, what did he say? And she said, I, I spoke to God, and I said, what is his secret sin? And God says, I don't remember. You know, when you ask God for forgiveness... It's gone. He does not remember it anymore. He chooses to forget. 
See, when I don't receive God's forgiveness, I actually become who I'm not created to be. That's why God forgets about it, because he's so focused on who he's making us to be. He offers it freely to us. Carl Menninger, the famed psychiatrist, once said that that if he could convince his patients in psychiatric hospitals that their sins were forgiven, 75% of them could walk out that very same day. See, unforgiveness, even with God, holds us back from becoming who we're supposed to be. Remember when Jesus went to the cross? And he's actually on the cross, in pain. He said these words in Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. They don't know what they do. We don't. We don't know what we are doing. I mean, we just live life as best as we can, try to obey God as best as we can. But we come to places of unforgiveness and we think, well, well, how do we deal with this? And Jesus said it well. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You know that word forgive that Jesus used? Means to let go. That's what he was saying to God on the cross. Because God's wrath was there and And because of sin, God's wrath kind of boiled up and he was angry at sin. You know what Jesus said? He said, Father, let them go. Blame me. It's not their fault. Blame me. I'll take it on. That's what Jesus did on the cross. See, when we receive God's forgiveness, anger is no longer the feel that drives us. Bitterness is no longer the fuel that drives us. Slander is no longer the fuel that drives us. Revenge is no longer the fuel that drives us. The new fuel that drives us becomes love and forgiveness. But if that's all you've known, if, if all you've known is and, and have used that feel for your life for, of bitterness or hurt or regrets or, reven- or revenge or even pride, if we've used that and if that's all we've known, it's very difficult to let that go. That's why I say as quickly as possible when someone offends you or if you feel offended by God, or if there's something we're dealing with, even with God, as quickly as possible, let it go. As quickly as possible. Because if we cut it down as quickly as possible, roots do not grow deep. It's like when you see little weeds popping up in your yard, you pluck those things out. You're not going to wait till that thing grows up to become huge trees. You pluck that thing out. And isn't it easier to take out little weeds when it has just sprouted rather than to wait for it to take form in root? Yesterday, we had the women's conference, and if you attended it, it was a wonderful, wonderful time, and they talked about dreams. In fact, you saw a little bit on the announcements, and in our fellowship hall, we have the chalkboard still up, and we're going to keep that up for a while because women wrote down their dreams, and that's what the conference was all about. Well, when we left here, uh, we hung out a little while, Heidi and I, and, and then we went home, but we were dead tired by then. But it's pouring rain. And we have a front gate that I have to get out of the car and, you know, get the gate open. And it is pouring rain. 
Well, I get out of the car and I'm unlatching the gate, but it feels so good. You know, like when you're like hot and you get out in the rain, it just feels so good. When I got out, unlatched the gate, opened it up, and I just stood there. I was like, this feels so good. Then I got back to the car and I went to open it and it was locked. I was like, open the door. And my wife is looking at me smiling. And I said, Heidi, open the door. It's cold now. Let's open the door. And then she opens it. But the moment, it's like I'm, I'm right at that, kind of like that teeter-totter, the seesaw, that fulcrum of turning from happy to angry. And I'm thinking, now it's, it's going to go bad. But I, because I was preparing for this message, instantaneously I said, nope, let it go. Let it go. It was a wonderful weekend. Everything, everything's going well. I'm not going to ruin this moment. And I had to let it go as quickly as I could. Because we know how that can turn out, don't we? See, if we can just let it go as quickly as possible, bitterness doesn't dig deep down into the, root, into the depths of our heart. The roots don't go down deep. Bitterness actually poisons us. And you know, we can even be bitter with God. I know so many of us, even people that don't attend church, you might be inviting someone to church and they may say the same thing. Oh, no, I'm angry at God. Or no, if if God existed, then then he wouldn't have taken away so-and-so. He wouldn't have done this. This wouldn't have happened to me. Oh, we have bitterness towards even God. And God is saying... I have forgiveness available. But sometimes we're just not ready for it. Jesus said it so well. Let it go. Sure, it's hard. But he has all the power in the world to help. See, many of us will turn away from God rather than turn towards God. And and we deal with that. We'll even deal with that as Christians. Before we go to God, we go to people and we start complaining to people say, oh, I don't believe this happened. And then we lash out on people or we vent with other people before we even go to God. But can I encourage us to do this? And you can write this in our last point. To turn, never turn from God. Turn toward Him. And listen very carefully. Even if you're angry at God, even if you have bitterness towards God, never turn from Him. Turn toward him. Did you know that God will not be surprised or angry at you because you turn to him in anger, in bitterness? Listen, God would rather have us connect with him in our anger and our bitterness and our frustrations than to turn away from him happy. He'd rather have us close by. Because he knows that he has the power to help us. We have nothing to lose, everything to gain when we turn to God. 1 John 1, 9, it it reminds us that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me ask you this question, and and you might have different responses depending on how you do these things. But when your clothes are dirty, you take them and you wash them. When your car is dirty, you park it and you, you wash it. 
when you're dirty, you take a bath. You take a shower. We do that with things. But how often do we do that with our very own soul? Which is the most important part when it comes to unforgiveness. God says, I'm ready to clean. I'm ready to clean your soul. See, we don't know what it's like when we come before God. Sometimes we feel that he's not going to forgive us or it's going to be a difficult thing. Or now, now if I offer forgiveness to somebody else, then that makes them right. Then it makes them feel like they, they have won over us. But that's not so. It's so that we can be cleansed. It's like our kids, you know, when they're younger, it's like, okay, time to take a bath. I don't want to take a bath. You have to take a bath. You're dirty. I don't want to. Maybe some of them do, but sometimes they'll run away. And you say, no, come on, get in the bathtub. But by the time they get in there and they're playing in the bubble bath and all of that, they don't want to get out. Now you have to fight with them to get out. I don't want to get out. It's like, come on. But that's what it's like when we turn towards God. Once we feel that cleanliness, that, that, that empowerment by God, that freedom from God, it's like, I don't want to leave God's presence. I just want to continue in his presence. Because now we're cleansed from the inside out. I thought about it this way. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like cancer. If I don't get rid of it, it can ruin my whole entire life. If I don't get rid of it, it spreads to my whole life. It spreads to my family and my friends, my coworkers. Now what about things that people have done to me? Does that mean I need to forgive them? Does that mean I have to? Because I can accept the fact that God forgives me, but I struggle more with forgiving others. That's the difficult part. Well, believe it or not, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for us. It sets us free. That other person, they're free. They're doing whatever they're doing. They're like the happiest people in the world. Yeah, but they did this to me. They don't care. And it makes us even more frustrated when we hang on to this. And they're fine. They're having the best time of their life. They got the job. They got the finances. They got the car. They got the family. Whatever it is. But they did this to you and now you're angry. Forgiveness is not for them. It's for us. It's for us to be set free. It's not for the other person. It's not for the Lord to feel better. It's so that we can be set free. Once I understand God's forgiveness for me, then I'm able to now have a different way of thinking. I now have Christ dwelling in me, and now I have the power to forgive. You know, when the early church was being established, and Peter was speaking of forgiveness, speaking of Jesus Christ, speaking of freedom, the people said, well, we want this. What must we do? Peter replies in Acts 2.38, Each of you must turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. But he ends with this, and let's not forget forget this part. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that we have no power whatsoever aside or apart from the Holy Spirit? That's where we get the power to forgive. We can't do it on our own. Trust me, I tried. It does not work. You can even try your very best to to think of ways of making it better. You can even say the right words, but it's still there. We need the Holy Spirit. 
change the way we think. Accept Jesus and, and we'll have the, the power to live the life that he's promised for us. You know, in the Old Testament, everything was exterior. The law was written on stone tablets. Everything was exterior, how people connected with God. They had to go through the high priest. It was about duty and law. But the Lord says there will become, there will be a brand new day, a new covenant that I will make with my people. Where it will no longer be written on stone, but it'll be written on their hearts. And in Jeremiah 31, 34, he continues and he says, No more shall every man teach his neighbor and, and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. And he says, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Aren't you glad that we have a God who remembers our sin no more? The moment we receive it. You say amen to that? Amen. You can close your Bibles and, and put away your notes. You know, unforgiveness is one of those things that we're going to deal with even as Christians. It'll happen every single day. And just as Jesus says, let it go, we can say the same thing. The moment it gets in, something comes up, let it go. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but he'll give us the ability to do so. He'll give us the power to do so. If Christ on the cross said to God, Father, forgive them, and he lives in us, how much more can we do the very same thing? Let me end with this story, and I like this because it's an autobiographical account of a man by the name of Ernest Gordon during his time in World War II. In fact, as a prisoner of war, he tells a harsh story of the POW conditions and his later Christian conversion during this time. And he writes this. He says, The Scottish soldiers who were forced by their Japanese captors to labor on a jungle railroad had degenerated to a barbarous type of behavior. And on one afternoon, during the first tool check, which is when they take into account all the tools, you know, they make sure that no one's taking tools to use as a weapon. On that first tool check, one of the shovels were missing. Well, the officer in charge became enraged and he demanded that the missing shovel be produced or else... Well, when nobody in the squadron budged, the officer took out his gun and threatened all of them. And he said, if that shovel does not turn up, everyone is dead. Well, it was obvious that the officer meant what he had said. Then finally, one man did step forward. Well, the officer put away his gun, picked up a shovel. This is a true story. And he beat the man to death. Well, when it was all over, the survivors picked up their friend and carried him as they continued on with the railroad. Well, then came the second tool check. This time, no shovel was missing. In fact, there had been a miscount, and all the shovels were there. Well, the word spread like wildfire through the whole camp. 
that an innocent man had been willing to die to save everyone else. The incident had a profound effect. Well, the men, the men began to treat each other like brothers. And by the time the victorious allies swept in, the POWs, gaunt and emaciated, not even recognizable as healthy human beings, lined up now in front of their captors. And instead of attacking, attacking their captors and seeking revenge, they insisted this, and I quote, no more hatred, no more killing. Now what we need is forgiveness. And they forgave every single one of their enemies. Do you know that that's what Christ did for us? It's kind of like we lined up. And God says, you're all guilty. You're all condemned to death because of sin. Unless someone is willing to pay the price. And Jesus said, let it go, God. Blame me. Put it all on me. Would you pray with me? Lord, this morning we deal with we deal with so many kinds of emotions. We deal with right and wrong. We deal with people. We deal with, with our own lives. And many times we don't come to you because we feel that you're not going to accept us. We, we have this thought of unforgiveness. But I pray this morning, Lord, that, that if there's anyone here that's dealing with some type of unforgiveness, even with you, that they think that you're not going to receive their life, their heart, them as a person that you're ready to forgive. That all we need to do is confess to you our sins and you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here this morning and you're saying, well, I've never come before God and I've never asked God for forgiveness. I've never asked him to cleanse me. I've never given Christ my heart. I never knew that Christ did that for me. I'm going to say a prayer and this will connect you to the heart of God. And here's the prayer. In fact, let's all say this. Here's the prayer. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I give you my heart I give you my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and rising again to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. With every head bowed and eyes closed, just to give this time a little moment with those that may have said yes to Jesus for the very first time if you did so could you just lift a hand and I want to pray for you if you just gave Christ your life for the very first time could you just quickly and and I'll, I'll pray over you and pray for God's blessing and guidance
can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for those that just said yes to you. Lord, that this would be a brand new day. That as they receive your forgiveness, that they will be reminded of how worthy they are to you. Because people matter to you. Thank you for always cleansing us. Even though we may not deserve it, you're worthy and you deserve all the praise, honor, and glory. And we thank you for being a forgiving God. In your precious and holy name we pray. And we all said, Amen.